Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson, and welcome to the weekly vlog. I cut my hair off. <laughs> just let's just get the elephant out of the kitchen. So I'll just mention it. I cut all my hair off. But、um, as always, there's a way to work that into the weekly vlog. So the topic this week relates to me cutting my hair off and why. And I'm gonna、uh, tell you some research about how this applies to you and your brightline eating journey. So I cut my hair off. I wasn't thinking about doing it for a long time. I did it this week.、Um, you could say on impulse, but not really. I thought about it for a couple days and like really made sure. And then the moment was right, so I just did it.、Um, and the reason is that I needed to draw a line in the sand. I needed to create a demarcation point, after which I knew that things would be different. And、uh, this is a really good reminder <laughs> of that commitment.、Um, for me, cutting all my hair off, which is something I've done over and over and over again in my adult life,、uh, I like my hair either very, very short or quite long. Um, I don't really love it in between, which definitely creates a challenge in one direction. It's super easy to go in this direction,、um, which is delightful, and the other way is excruciating.、Uh, yeah, so I, I've done it over and over again in my life, and typically for me, it it relates to the feeling of turning over a new leaf and or going into warrior mode. Going into warrior mode for me, it's. It's a little bit of a battle cry, the short haircut.、Um, and right now in my life, it has to do with putting behind a relatively challenging、uh, stretch of months and years that、um, have just passed <laughs> because I just cut all my hair off, so it's official. It's just passed, and it was a time when I was in a little bit of hibernation. Processing trauma, processing、um, difficulty and burnout.、Um, some of it you know about because I've shot vlogs about it. About it. Some of it has been private,、uh, personal to me and my family. My family has gone through some difficulty and trauma over the last、um, three years or so,、uh, three four years ish,、um, and that overlapped with, of course, the burgeoning of the Bright Line Eating movement、um, and、uh, the first. You know, year or two of that were super exciting, and then、uh, it it all has just been a lot for a mother of three kids, and、um, and with no business experience. I I hope you remember. I never intended to start a business.、Uh, I I am not a businesswoman by training. I am a professor. I like to teach people things. That's what I love to do most.、Um, but this this whole thing just sort of. Happened、uh, as a result of me deciding to write a book to teach a larger audience about the neuroscience of food addiction and sustainable weight loss.、Um, and after the first two, two, three years of like real excitement and success with it, the family traumas wove in, and、um, and I went through a period of needing to kind of turn into. A dolphin, you know how dolphins. I hope this is true. I'm so not、um, an animal biology expert, but I've heard at least word on the street is that dolphins sleep with half their brain. They go to sleep on one hemisphere,、um, and then the other hemisphere takes over the sort of daily functioning 
um, whether it's feeding or doing whatever. And then the other hemisphere sleeps and then the other hemisphere takes over the functioning, the feeding and the all that jazz. So that's kind of what I did is I let half of myself hibernate a little bit, like uh, rest, recharge, recover from all of it. Um, while the other half of me was showing up as, uh, as a mom, uh, as a wife to shoot the weekly vlog, um, to do my best running the projects and leading the team of Brightline Eating and, um, showing up for Bright Lifers and all that stuff, right? I mean, even in hibernation mode, what I do around here in Brightline Eating, I wear many, many hats and it's already more than a full-time job, even if I'm just doing the minimum. But I really have been doing the minimum for, I would say, two or three years. There have been times that I came out of hibernation mode briefly, like uh, when I first launched Reboot Resume and created that course. I worked overtime and uh, that was the culmination of all of my own personal breaks and resumes and breaks and resumes um, and sort of finally hacking the resume reframe and being really excited to teach it to you all. But mostly I've been in hibernation mode. And the reason that I need to come out of hibernation mode is that Brightline Eating as a movement, um, and I talked about this a little bit in last week's vlog with the Risk Forward book. Um, thank you, by the way, for your response to that vlog. Uh, Victoria Labom has texted me many times uh, how grateful she is, but also how lovely you are. You've been reaching out to her saying, um, you know, how much you appreciate and loved her book. And she's been texting me just saying you have the most amazing community. Brightliners are so lovely. And um, so thank you for your sweetness with Victoria Labom. It's circled back around to me. And I just had to tell her, yep. Uh, we, we really do have the sweetest people here in Brightline Eating. So anyway, I talked about it a little bit last week, but we are right now, uh, standing at the edge of a river in Brightline Eating, metaphorically speaking, the community, the movement, and we need to get across that river. And I'll tell you right now what the river is. What the river is, is we need to transition what we do around here, which is, uh, structurally speaking, which is course-based, right? Uh, we have courses, the Brightline Eating Bootcamp, Reboot Resume, Brightline Grit, Brightline Mind. We have uh, Brightline Freedom. We have these courses and you're, you're always being asked to sort of decide if you're in. Hey, decide if you're in. And it's like, well, I don't know that that's so helpful given that Brightline Eating is something that uh, we want you to think of yourself as just being in on 24-7, 365, because you do this, right? And the best way to represent that is in more like a membership model, like a gym membership, where you just sign up and then you're in, right? Where there's no huge financial barrier to entry. It's a um, you know, something like a cell phone bill payment or a gym membership payment or something like that. And it, it's one of the things that you're committed to. So you decide to, to pay that membership each month. Um, but once you're in, you're in. And then your option is to quit if you want to quit. If you decide, Hey, I hate this. I'm not a bright liner anymore. Thank you. Goodbye. You get to quit, right? At any time. But that's the better model for what we do. I understand why it is the way it is because when I first started, again, I, I did not have any business plan or five-year plan when I started this. I was intending to write a book. 
And to write the book, I started the email list and then people started to write me back on the email list. And so, uh, and they were asking questions and I realized, oh, they need a course because I was a professor and the course model is what I was familiar with. So I created the boot camp, right? And then it sort of progressed from there. But the all in and just stay in model is way better um, for what we do, psychologically speaking. I want people to come in and just be in and stay in. So, um, so in thinking about you and the best framework for what Brightline eating is and how I want it conceptualized in your psyche, uh, it's been clear to me actually for quite a long time that uh, a membership that is continuous um, is what would serve you best. So we need to transition to that. And that is not a trivial thing. Uh, we haven't figured out all of the nuts and bolts of how it's going to work. Um, of course, there's Bright Lifers. And if you're a Bright Lifer, I love you. And you're in. And of course, you'll be transferred right over to the membership and um, making sure that you love it and are happy. And it it's even better, like way better for you is right on my radar as well. Um, but that's the river that we've got across. And so in order to get the movement there, um, I need to come out of hibernation and that's why I cut off my hair. Now, all that said, this is one example of, shall we say, starting again, which is a subcategory of beginnings, right? Um, some things we begin, other things we begin again. Um, I don't know what a diet would be. Is it a beginning or is it a begin again? Uh, given that we've been eating our whole lives, it, there's a way in which it's a, it's a begin again, right? It's a, it's a line in the sand and you want a fresh start to do it differently, right? Um, if you've been doing bright line eating and you want to double down on it or do it differently, it's a begin again. It's a, it's a, it's a moment where you want to start again, fresh, new, different, better in a new way. And that's kind of what this is an instance of. And so I wanted to raise the provocative question in this vlog, should you start a new diet on January 1st? In theory, should anybody, right? Is that a good thing to do? What does the science say about whether uh, January 1st in all of its significance, psychological significance, is helpful as a beginning date? Or is it harmful? Or is it neutral? Right? Well, there is science on this. So uh, in this vlog, I am sharing with you the science of should you start a new diet on January 1st? Now, do me a favor and just set aside the word diet. Lifestyle change, fresh start, new beginning, that's what I'm talking about. I will get to the diet thing hopefully later, but basically what we're talking about is a fresh start. Does it make sense to start a fresh start on January 1st? Is that helpful? Is that harmful? Or is it just neutral and it doesn't really matter, right? Are you equally likely to be successful if you start on February 19th or, you know, August 12th, whatever? That's the question at hand today. So it turns out that there's data on this. Um, January 1st is what's called in the literature, the scientific research literature, a temporal landmark. So you know what a landmark is, right? Like if you're giving someone directions to your house by the landmarks, you know, turn left at the huge oak tree right on the corner, that's a landmark. Um, well, time has landmarks as well. 
right? January 1st is a very good example. The first of every month is a very good example. Those are instances of um, socially shared uh, temporal landmarks, meaning everybody shares them collectively. You also have personal temporal landmarks like your birthday, for example, or your whatever, any anniversary or whatever that's personal to you. I hear that Isabel Allende um, started her first book uh, with a letter that she wrote to her grandfather that got woven into the book. And now she, she starts on January 8th or something. And now she begins every new book on January 8th. And that's a personal landmark to her. Of course, January 8th is eight days after the biggest social temporal landmark. Now, um, temporal landmarks can also be sort of a mix of social and personal, like um, the start of a new semester at your school, right? That's a little personal and a little social. Um, research shows that that is a huge starting day, similar to January 1st. At every college, at every high school, the start of a new semester in their school is a big fresh start for everybody, right? Now, what these temporal landmarks give us is a couple of things. One is they give us a new mental account, meaning uh, just like an accountant or an individual, I guess, um, gets a new set of books on January 1st, right? You finish your tax year and uh, all those books get closed and you start a fresh account. You start a fresh, um, a fresh slate with yourself. This new mental account is psychologically powerful, researchers have found. Um, researchers who looked at this published a study in 2014. They were three uh, researchers from the Wharton School of Business, extremely prestigious business school. And they did the research that you've probably heard about. It's now common sense. Um, but they were the ones who first published the data. This was in 2014 that, um, uh, searches, Google searches for things like diet, um, soar on January 1st, right? Uh, or right about January 1st. Um, they also soar on the first of the month. They soar on Mondays as opposed to other days. So that, fresh start effect. That's what they called it. The fresh start effect is having an impact on people's motivation to change. So that's one thing you can expect if you use that temporal landmark to your advantage is your motivation to change will be higher. It feels like a fresh start. Something else that the temporal landmark does for you is it slows down your thinking a little bit to allow the prefrontal cortex to engage a little more and give you a little bit more big picture thinking, like where you can see the forest, not just the trees of the, um, I've got to make breakfast and I got to get the kids on the bus and I've got to shower and I've got to, you know, get everything I need for work and blah, blah, blah. Days usually run into each other with an endless series of mostly automated routines that we're just firing off kind of comatose, right? Half, half there, half not there. A temporal landmark gives us a feeling of difference in that day that has the effect of pulling us out of zombie mode and giving us a slow down perspective on the entirety of our lives, which gives us more impetus to think about who am I, what do I want, where am I going, and all of those big questions, which will weigh in favorably to a fresh start, right? 
So um, will it work, though? Um, what the researchers looked at was not long-term success. Everybody knows that most New Year's resolutions fail, you know, by February or March or April or May. Um, people aren't doing them anymore. Um, that's not everybody, but that's on average. Um, so will it work? Here's the thing. It will work if <laughs> you're starting something well, right? Um, so if you're starting the ever to fail fill in the blank fad diet du jour, right? It probably won't work like the research shows that diets don't work, right? If you're starting something that has a lot of research backing to it, like bright line eating, the two things that are going to factor most into your long-term success are not whether you started on a temporal landmark day like January 1st or Monday or the first of the month or your birthday or your cat's birthday. The two things that are going to factor in most are, uh, did you pick a good system to follow? like bright line eating versus fill in the blank fad diet, right? Did you pick a good system to follow? And did you deeply commit to an identity shift and then implement actions over time that allowed that new identity to sink in? Because when people talk, and I've said this in the vlog many times before in different ways and very specifically and pointedly, I'll say it again, this is very important. What people mean when they say diets don't work, what you need is a new lifestyle. What they mean is you've got to commit to a, a new identity, to being a different kind of person, the kind of person who now does this instead of that. That's what really creates long-term change. It comes from an identity shift, right? That's another reason why fad diets tend not to work. Because if you think about it deeply, people don't tend to intend to follow them forever. It's like, well, who wants to eat cabbage soup forever, right? That's uh, just, it doesn't even make sense. Grapefruit forever, every day, as most of your daily calories, right? That wouldn't, that wouldn't even be something that logically anyone would think, I think I'm going to do that for the rest of my life, right? So really, a new lifestyle means a new identity. And the identity and the, the effectiveness of the proven effectiveness of the system that you're going to follow, the actual um, new actions you're going to follow and the support to follow it up and all that, that's what's going to make the difference in terms of whether you're successful. But, but the fresh start effect can help. It can help with your motivation to actually begin, which for people in our community, you know, bright line eating tends to serve best the most beleaguered and war weary dieters, like people who have tried everything. And what they didn't know before was that they're food addicts, right? That their brains are actually wired to have an addictive relationship with these processed frankenfoods that are in our food supply, right? That are processed and refined into these fine white powders, sugar and flour, that have an effect on the nucleus accumbens that is analogous to the effect of those other fine powders, heroin and cocaine. It hijacks the nucleus accumbens, down-regulates those dopamine receptors, and leaves us ever wanting more and never feeling satisfied, right? So if you don't know that your brain has been hijacked like that, then you just try thing after thing after thing, and you try this way of eating and that way of eating and that way of eating, but because 
every way of eating seems to come these days with their own brand of processed foods in a package that are similarly hijacking your brain. The addiction never abates. You're always left craving. You're still hungry. You're still craving. And fundamentally, it doesn't work, right? But the uh, fresh start effect, again, can give you the motivation to get past that history of failure and have the oomph to try one more time. The average Brightliner who comes into the boot camp has tried more than 16 different things to lose weight in the past. It is hard to try the 17th. Why would you even? I mean, really, why would you even? Having been there before, because I promise you, I was past my 16th when I first came to this way of eating. I was 28 years old obese and 28 years old. And I was already so tired of myself. I had already run the experiment of um, maybe I'll just learn to love myself fat and just really settle in to being fat. Like maybe that's just my path. Um, already tried that. And then the problem with that is I'm just eating what I want to eat. And I'm not only am I fat, I'm gaining five pounds a month and we can do the math. That doesn't end well, right? So I had to do something. I had to do something about my weight, right? So the fresh start effect can give you that new mental account that allows you to to just have the motivation high enough, higher than your despair, higher than your hopelessness to, to start again, right? To start again. Um, so not to say that it's worthless, that fresh start effect. It, you can use it to your advantage. That fresh mental account can also be helpful. It can allow um, hope to soar, which can help get you through the first couple of weeks, which are hard. You know, that's when you have your withdrawals. That's when you have your worst cravings. As your brain starts to heal, a lot of healing happens in the first three weeks on this program. You detox from that sugar and flour and a lot of people aren't even noticing, aren't even noticing the not, I mean, maybe they're noticing they're commenting in their boot camp house, hey, I'm craving, I feel hungry or whatever. But the excitement over the fresh start is so real for them that it gets them through and then some, right? And then by the time they're in their fourth and fifth and sixth week and month, the real automaticity of bright line eating has kicked in and now it's wash, rinse, repeat. Now it's just a matter of protecting the identity and not letting it erode so that you get into that thinking of like, well, I can go experiment now and I'll be fine, right? So the fresh start can be really helpful. The fresh start can be really helpful. Now, I got curious about whether any of my significant dates in my life had anything to do with the January 1st, you know, temporal landmark fresh start effect. I have an app in my phone called Time Counter, and it's where I keep my important dates so I can see it just tallies up how many days, how many months, how many hours, how many minutes it's been. So I can try to notice if there's any big milestones coming up or whatever. And the big dates in my life are as follows. I looked in Time Counter and I, and I took a look. Uh, I don't remember how many big dates there are, but, um, None of them, except for one, had any kind of a temporal landmark involved. So the day I got clean and sober, August 9th, 1994, it was a Tuesday. It was the day I woke up in the, woke up in the crack house. 
uh, not woke up from sleeping. I didn't sleep when I was smoking crack around the clock. Uh, woke up like out of a stupor on a Tuesday morning, having been sitting in a crack house for days. And a voice in my head said, you got to get out of here right now, or this is all you're ever going to be right now. You have to walk out the door. That was a Tuesday. I got taken to a 12 step meeting for drug and alcohol rehabilitation that night on a first date. And I haven't had a drink since a drink or a drug in 26 and a half years. That was not January 1st. That was just the day I had to get out of there or I was going to die. So that date was not a temporal landmark. My next major date was the date that I started weighing and measuring my food. No sugar, no flour. Similarly, it was not at all uh, January 1st or Monday or the first of the month or my birthday. It was May 21st, 2003. And... I was trying a diet and exercise regimen and dying because I could not handle the free day. If Sunday would come around, it was the free day and I was binging my brains out on Sunday and all week, all I could think about is what I would get to eat on Sunday. And uh, my husband and I were doing it together and um, it was working for him and it wasn't working for me. We were going to the gym together every morning. That was working. It was the food part I couldn't do. I couldn't do the you get to eat whatever you want on Sundays. It was making me crazy. And I heard from a friend who'd found this other way to eat, this other 12-step food program, no sugar, no flour, way to measured meals. And I was like, I'm in. And that was a Wednesday. And there was a meeting that night. And I went to the meeting on Wednesday night and I started. So that wasn't a temporal landmark. You know, the one that was, and I didn't tell you about this, but three years ago, God bless me, three years ago, I quit smoking. I'm going to say that again. Three years ago, I quit smoking. Now, I was not a regular smoker before that. What had happened was in the midst of everything that I started off this vlog talking about, the trauma and the all of it, um, I picked up a cigarette. Outside of a 12-step meeting, I picked up a cigarette. God bless me. I mostly have been a very steady non-smoker since I was 21 years old. I started smoking a little bit when I kicked drugs. Um, and then within a year, I put them down. And I've mostly been a non-smoker my whole life now. Um, but I was outside of a meeting and I picked up a cigarette. And now you know how my brain is wired. I'm an addict. So I'm smoking a pack a day. But like in a second, like that night, I go get a pack and I smoke almost the whole pack. Oh my gosh. And I quit. And then I did it again, started up again, like a few weeks later. And then I quit. And then I started up a few weeks. So it was, this was like at some point in 2017, 18, I'm like an on again, off again smoker. And let me just say my life is not conducive to smoking. Like I cannot smoke because my husband hates smoking. My kids have never, will never see me with a cigarette in my hand. And so it's like this game of hiding and sneaking and, and then getting in the house, stripping off all my clothes, showering, putting all the clothes through the washing machine because there can't be a trace of smoke in my, it's like it was a nightmare. So I actually quit smoking three years ago, April 7th, which is my husband's birthday. Three years ago, April 7th, no more, done. And I, picked that date, A, because it was coming up. I needed to quit and it was coming up. And I thought, you know what? He was so patient with me, but also like, you know, he's just saying, he's not going to kiss me if I've had a cigarette, you know? Um, and uh, he was so patient. And I just thought, you know, 
I don't know if it means anything to him, but it means something to me that on his, as of his birthday, I have not had a cigarette for three years now. So that, so remember what we've just been talking about. That's a personal temporal landmark, my husband's birthday, a personal temporal landmark. And then the other, um, the other, uh, well, our wedding day, right? That wasn't picked on any day except the Saturday that was coming up that the event, you know, is like how most people probably pick their wedding days is the Saturday that the venue is available and it's coming up kind of roughly when you want to get married, right? So that was our wedding day is June 19th, 1999, but that's not because of any uh, temporal landmark there. Happy Juneteenth. Um, and then the last day is my last bright um, anniversary, which is September 14th, 2019. So about a year and a half ago was the last time I had a break in my bright lines. Um, and I looked cause I wasn't sure. I was like, Oh, I'm, I was super curious. I was like, was that a Monday? Like, did I, did I, it wasn't, I put down the food at 3am between Friday night and Saturday night, 3.01am. Um, cause sometimes when I'm eating, I eat into the night, 3.01am between a Friday and Saturday on September 14th, um, uh, 2019. So not the first of the month, not a Monday, not a day of any particular significance to me, September 14th. So anyway, it's interesting to see. Now, I think the, the message of this is that with addiction, the forces of addiction are so painful and so, um, self-harming and the willingness to, to start over and to try again is often such a spiritual, um, uh, essential, unknowable, mysterious thing, like the oomph to just give breaking free a shot. It's often something that we don't pick in the kind of calculated, I think I'll start on January 1st kind of way. But there is something we provide here in Brightline Eating that does help, which is, and this is ironic because I was just talking about uh, like letting go of the course model, but this is something I hope I'll be able to work in to the membership model, which is the beginning of a new course, right? We have a course coming up. I'll start to talk to you about it this week. I believe I sent an email about it yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, but I'll be doing a webinar coming up. Um and you'll probably get an email about that tomorrow if you want to register or the day after or whatever. Um, because this Saturday I'm doing a webinar on, <sighs> what's it going to be on? Well, the course is Brightline Grit. And the topic of this workshop is going to be stepping out after crisis, right? Like how do we break free and re-emerge, like re-emerging after crisis, this last bit of time. And this is, again, I, I guess, coming full circle to the, the subject of this vlog. This has been such a time of crisis and trauma for so many of us in so many different ways. And there's now this feeling of re-emerging, right? Courses, when you sign up for a course with Brightline Eating, it's the equivalent of me cutting off my hair, right? It's, it's allowing an event with the start date of the beginning of the course being a, a culturally shared temporal landmark within Brightline Eating to be a fresh start. 
And with that, you get all the benefits of the fresh start effect, right? You get the clean mental account. You get the slowing down of the mind and the ability to sort of really think through your priorities, your identity. So there's a lot of value in joining a course and starting it with a cohort of people. Um, so I'm excited that Brightline Grit is going to be starting again. Um, keep your eye out for that. <sighs> and thank you for your patience with me as I lop off my hair and go into hibernation for a little bit. And uh, it's it was a good it was a good set of years in terms of. Um, I know, I don't know if you worry about me in particular, but a lot of people reach out to me uh, in our community and let me know here and there that they worry about me, that they know the load on me and my family is very, very heavy. Uh, people share their gratitude, but people also share their concern. And um, if you have been concerned, if you've sensed that I haven't been quite myself for a while now, right? A while, not months, right? Two or three years, if you have sensed that, I want you to know that I have given myself the time that I needed to rest, rejuvenate, recharge, tend to myself and my family, that I'm fine and that I'm back. I'm back. And I don't know exactly what the future holds because um, as of the present moment, I still own no magic wand, nor crystal ball, nor lamp with a genie. However, I predict that the next year or two are going to be very, very exciting for Brightline Eating. You can trust that the membership model is not going to be rolled out this year, this calendar year. It won't be coming until 2022. But is our, it is our intention to roll it out in 2022. And when I know whether that's early in the year or late in the year, I'll let you know. You'll be the first to know. But um, yeah, I love you. I really do. I don't just say that, you know. The people who are closest to me know that. They comment on it sometimes. They're like, I wonder if people know that you really do. I love you. Thanks for watching. That's the weekly vlog. And I'll see you next week.